0: Hi there. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Jason Shoulder, and this is Learning to Fail. My guest today is Chuck Johnson. Chuck is the owner and founder of Summit Comedy, and he manages comedians primarily who perform in colleges. He also books shows in casinos and cruise ships occasionally, and once in a while in a club, and he has this really killer bar show in Charlotte like a brewery show that I've done once, but basically he focuses on colleges, and it was really, really interesting to talk to him. It's a, it's such a niche, first of all, and a lot of comedians complain about performing in colleges. We get into that a little bit, and uh, I actually just got my first potential college gig, not through Chuck, uh, unfortunately, in that I'm not one of his comics, because that would be great if I was. But fortunately, in that I don't have to pay him my commission. So anyway, uh, I would be happy to do it, though, because he's worth it. I'll tell you, man, if I could be represented by Chuck Johnson, I think that would be a dream come true. Um, I can't imagine, honestly, that I would ever be the right fit for him, because he's primarily targeting colleges, and I think I'm too old already to be a successful, like, Lots of colleges want to book me comedian. In fact, the college that I just talked to, the guy was a freshman. He's like, I think you're hilarious, but I'm concerned about the midlife part of your midlife comedy. Is like, I don't know how much that's going to be relatable to some of the students. And I said, well, I perform for 20-year-olds all the time and most of them laugh. So let's just try it. And we did. And or we're going to anyway, hopefully. That's, that's uh, to be booked in the fall. So we'll see. That's pretty off topic, except for the fact that I might get to do my first college show. Chuck is, I have to say a really good dude. Uh, I've met a fair number of people doing comedy and everybody has their quirks and he probably has his too, but I really didn't get to know too many of them. Uh, Mostly my experience of him was really positive and supportive and pretty matter of fact. And, you know, but he's, By his own description, a pretty simple guy. He likes beer, golf, and comedy. And those are his main priorities. And he likes people that are enjoyable to hang out with. And that's also a priority. And that's a thing that I've been hearing from comics is, like, one of the most important things you can be as a comedian is just not an asshole. Like, just be cool to hang out with. Be someone they want to have a beer with after the show. Because if someone's going to take you on tour, they're going to be spending a lot of time with you. And they want to enjoy that time. So... You know, it helps if you have the same party ethics and things like that. I probably don't. I don't drink nearly enough. But at least, you know, be someone who's fun and funny to be around because that's a huge piece of it. I mean, the time you spend performing is actually pretty short compared to the time you spend traveling and communicating and doing business together. So I thought that was pretty interesting to hear from him. Like even on the agent side, he just wants his comics to be people that he wants to spend time with. And I like that. I I liked everything about my interview with him and our conversation. And one of my favorite things about it was that when we had been talking about it, he said, yeah, I'll give you like an hour. And we ended up talking for almost two hours and, you know, about halfway through his wife came in and I thought we're going to have to stop. And he's like, no man, this is cool. We're great. Uh, I managed to cut that part of the video out. You won't even notice. But the point is that like, we started with a pretty, and you'll hear it. Like the interview starts off a lot tighter than it ends up. Like, and, and that's pretty true most of the time. I, I find that, like, it takes a little while for me and the person to get our groove together. And people are sometimes uncomfortable being on a mic. And he's pretty good about it. But you'll hear, you'll hear, like, in the beginning, he's pretty businessy. And then as the interview moves on, it becomes more about two dudes hanging out, having a conversation. And that is what this is about for me. That's what this podcast is about for me. That's ultimately what my comedy is about for me. I want it to be a conversation between me and the audience. And of course, I want to do most of the talking, but that's true in most of my conversations. If you ask any of my friends, they will tell you that they are great listeners. So anyway, you guys are also great listeners. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, If you're enjoying these podcasts and you feel like helping me financially, you can do that. You can go to learningtofail.com Click on our donate button that'll take you to our donate page and you can donate any amount of money you want. No amount is too large or too small. And actually before I even met Chuck, long before I met him, I didn't know who he was, uh, he found out about my podcast and he donated $18 and I think he was the first guy other than my mother to make a donation to this podcast. So. Uh, that was really cool. And that wasn't the reason I interviewed him, but it was nice. Like it, And it stayed with me just that he had that kind of giving spirit. So if you want to have a giving spirit and you want me to think highly of you and you want to believe in your heart that I might interview you one day for the podcast just because you donated some money, uh, by all means, do it. Like, I am totally for sale. My affections are for sale. My loyalty is for sale. My love for you is for sale. To the highest bidder so go ahead on the website learningtofail.com click the donate button or if you don't like to donate you just like to buy things then you can go on my yoga website 3minuteegg.com that is 3minuteegg.com it doesn't matter if you spell it it doesn't matter if you use the number three i don't even care if you hyphenate it you're still going to get there and also you can try yogaegg.com if three minute egg is somehow too many words for you anyway you can go there you can buy some of my yoga products whatever you do the money ultimately comes back to support my passions, which are this podcast and my comedy career. So your help is always appreciated. And the most important thing you can do, of course, is just to listen, like, subscribe, and rate and review. So tell your friends, enjoy the podcast. This one's on me. Uh, well, they're all on me, frankly, because uh, so far, no matter how many times and how nicely I ask you to donate, you know, only you, Chuck and my mother have done it. Um, So go ahead. Join this elite group of people who donate to the podcast. It could be you, Chuck and my mother. I could be thanking you personally. Tell me if you don't want me to. But you could be the next person I'm thanking and saying, you know, Joe or Jennifer, or Jennifer and Joe were so nice. They actually heard this podcast where I talked about how Chuck was so generous, and it just it stirred something in them. It woke up their heart, and it made them want to donate to the podcast And so I could be talking about you instead of Joe and Jennifer all the time. I mean, aren't you sick of hearing about those guys? They're so perfect. Joe and Jennifer always donating to Jason's podcast and buying his yoga products. I mean, come on. So exhausting. All right, that's it. That was a long time. Long sales pitch, but that's because we are in the middle of the coronavirus right now. We probably hopefully won't be by the time this airs, but at the moment, uh, I just dated this thing. I probably shouldn't. But anyway, at the moment, we are 24 hours away from being locked down, so I am catching up on podcasts. That's what I'm doing. I still managed to be literally two minutes late last night to pay my credit card bill, so now I got to negotiate with the credit card company to take away all my late fees and interest, and they're not going to want to do it. But maybe they will. Maybe it'll take some corona sympathy on me. But it was so stupid. All day long, I knew I had to pay that bill. And I paid it. And that's fine. It wasn't the money. It was just sitting down to do it. And I remembered, I was like, oh, my God, I got to pay the bill. And I looked at the time. It was 12.01 a.m. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe they'll be gracious. And it'll be like, oh, you got to pay by midnight West Coast time. But no, they know where you live. And it's 12 o'clock wherever you live time. And I was late. All right. That's it. That's my complaining. That's my whining. That's my pitch for you to send money or buy my products. Please enjoy this incredible interview with a very generous and interesting, and I really think you're going to learn a lot, Mr. Chuck Johnson. All right. It's happening. It is happening. Yeah. So, dude, first of all, Chuck, thank you so much for making time for me on a Friday. I know you're Crazy busy. Um, this has been. We've been trying to plan this for almost right almost a year. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it worked out. So yeah, totally. No, me so, too. It's, welcome, welcome thank to you. Mikasa. Yeah, Sukasa Mikasa for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> or a little less since I'm late. That's okay. But uh, yeah, no. I think um, when I finally, I think I got to know you through Joel. That's how I first heard about you. When yeah. you started doing the shows at Twenty Six Acres, mm-hmm. uh, you were looking for comics, and I mean, I'm always looking.
1: I'm always looking for new faces.
0: For Yeah, because you run a college, how do you describe what you do? You're like a college agent? That's a great question.
1: Um, So I started in 98, and um, when I first started, it kind of worked out that I was probably about 70% clubs and then maybe 30% colleges, because I couldn't quite get my foot back in the door. You know, it was a new agency when I started. So... um, and the college market is very, you know, I don't want to say they have open arms to new agencies, but um, they kind of go with, you know, the the clients and the organizations that they deal with on a regular basis. So I knew the college market is where I wanted to go in because it's good money and it's steady. And But the clubs were there and I was taking a lot of those... Um, clients on I had had accounts I had stuff in Michigan had some casinos up there I had some stuff in the Midwest and one-nighters I had a weekend in Topeka and then I just had a ton just again just starting out the business just trying to make as much money as I could and then now over the years it's totally flip-flopped that about 70 percent of our business is the college market and the rest is just say other so I obviously I have some clients in the um cruise ship market. Um, I do corporate events um, and some clubs here and there. And yeah, so that's kind of how it's kind of fallen into place currently. Um, I just have one employee, um, um, an agent named Melissa Beer, who uh, works out of uh, an office up in uh, Woodbury, Minnesota. So she handles my college division. So that's a well-oiled machine. She's actually at a NACA conference as we speak. Um, we're probably getting getting text here shortly because we have mm-hmm. a Jesus Trejo uh, showcasing there today. So, yeah, so, and that's kind of what we do on, in a nutshell. So, it's a well-oiled machine that the the wheel keeps spinning, and it's it's pretty good what, what we've got going on. So.
0: so, when you say client, you're referring to the venues, right? Like, the are you... Is are specific colleges your clients, or are the t- is the talent your client? Um, the talent. So okay. we have an exclusive
1: college roster. So we keep it at thirty and under. It's kind of our ballpark. We we just have a feel uh, feeling that if you have more than thirty, it's not everybody's getting service properly. Right. Um, I see a lot of uh, the big heavy hitter agencies. Um, you know, you can do your research and find out which one. I don't want to say names, but they they all have a hundred plus. Comedians on their roster, and they're always bragging about how many acts, but a lot of their acts are calling me looking for work. So I always felt like it's you're not doing them any, anyone justice. Uh, if you're you know ranked number 79 on, on your kind of a, the pecking order right. and not getting work. So, so, um, so we have 30 clients and we vet them pretty well. And you know, first and foremost, funny. Um, and then kind of if they have the look the materials relatable to the college age audience, you know, 18 to 22 range, that's obviously the college age, uh, you and I get older every year, yeah. uh, the, the college kids stay the same age every year. So eventually you phase yourself out of the market, uh, you know, with either material or just the look or whatever. Um, so there is a kind of a retirement process through that. And, um, you know, every year we um, unfortunately have to le- uh, let maybe one or two go. Um, we've got a really solid roster right now. So it's, uh, you know, we have a lot of slam dunks at the NACA conventions and such. And um, we had Kevin Bozeman last night. You know, he's a beast. Um, if anybody out there knows him, go look him up. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of great comedy. And, you know, it Again, it, well, I always say, I say this all the time, but it's not brain surgery what we do, you know. You guys tell the jokes, we sell the jokes, and the rest just kind of falls into place. So, I mean, in a nutshell. So, That's perfect. So, yeah. So, yeah. that's, uh, and I mean, as far as, they, you know, we work with, obviously, we try to work with as many colleges as possible. So, um, uh, I, and we, just, we book hundreds a year. So, I mean it's it's a good thing it's uh the the college market is interesting is that um unlike i say a club where they have to make money um or they're not going to keep booking comedy the college market is different where every student that attends a a college or university has to pay uh, a student activities fee it comes out of their um, their tuition money right so that money is there and they have to spend it it's 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 a very rare situation if they don't spend the money, they they won't get it again the following year. So it's no problem for them to put on a show and spend two, three thousand dollars on a comedy show and have twenty people show up. You know, if you were at a club, the, the club owner is gonna be pissed, right? Because he lost his ass. But the colleges are like, all right, great. Well, we entertain these twenty children tonight i say children but you know yeah, younger adults know. younger adults who act like children and I, yeah i don't yeah don't worry. Sometimes I yeah. say kids, you know, to, at the conferences, like, I'm not a kid. Oh, I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I apologize. Yeah, I'm, you're not a kid. You're a child. Uh, I but, apologize. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to poke fingers, but like, I, I feel like, you know, because I'm 46 now, but I've been in this market so long. I started as a college programmer. That's how I got the, my start. And um uh, oh, really? crazy business. As a, so, you mean,
0: you were doing the, you you would have been booking someone side. like you Correct. to send in your talent.
1: Correct. I, oh, that's fascinating. I, I went to a NACA conference. My, a senior year in college, uh, representing my college, Appalachian State University, okay. and went to Birmingham, Alabama with uh, the rest of the programming board, and we were watching bands and comedians and such to book at our school. So that's kind of how I f- kind of fell into the aspect of like, oh, wait, you can do this for a living. I mean, that's, you know, what you can do. So, and my senior year, um, I am very, I wasn't, a, I mean, I don't want to say I wasn't a huge comedy fan. Because I just wasn't, because I just never went to comedy clubs. Because usually you had to be 21, so right. I wasn't 21 at the time when I first joined the campus activities group. Um, so I was more into bands. I mean, I still am a music geek. Uh, I go to tons of shows all the time. Uh, I just bought tickets today to go see Elton John because, like, I've never seen him. Oh, and, you know. amazing! Yeah. But I live. I listen to everything. So, in my senior in college, I booked Dave Matthews. Um, on our campus and it was right when he was kind of hitting it. I was going to say that's, that's, yeah, right. It that's before 94. he was, yeah. It was fall of 94. I think it was November. And I took the band out to dinner and just across from the venue, it's just like right. a little place, little dive place right across the street called the red onion cafe. And I just was mesmerized, like just hanging out. I was like, I want to be in this business. Like that's, I didn't know how, I just knew I wanted to be in it. And, um, that was right around the same time I went to that NACA conference and I you know, I walked away. I, I had a business card from Alinda Greenberg, who was Brad Greenberg's wife, and Brad Greenberg used to own the Comedy Zone chain. And at the time, they managed a lot of uh, comedians as well, right. um, like Pat Godwin, and they managed Carrot Top at the time. So she said, "Call me after you graduate," and I just held on to that card for another six, seven months or so, and then. Soon as I graduated, I literally um, I tried the uh, inter- the the music agency here It was called um, well they still are called uh, East Coast Entertainment. I tried to get a job with them. They would return calls or whatever. So
0: they were too That's probably when you learned <clears throat> not to be too big.
1: Yeah. So I was like, all right. So um, let's, plan B um, was um, call up Linda Greenberg and um, and give them a whirl and see what happens. And again, at this time, I'd still never been to a comedy club. I booked comedy on my, on my campus, but I still, at this point, had never gone um, to a, an actual club. And, and sure enough, I went in for one interview, and I went in wearing a suit, you know, because that's what all your business classes at, in college tell you right. to do, to dress up. And, and I walk in, and I see everybody's shorts and t-shirts. Brad Greenberg had flip-flops on, and a, I can still picture it. He had a Comedy Zone sweatshirt, shorts, and flip-flops. And um, Tom Haines, I don't know if you know Tom, he's now in the t-shirt business. So yeah, um, yeah, I do know him, yeah. um, He was the head uh, booker for the talent at the time. And I walked in on him and he turned around and he goes, lose the suit, man. <laughs> and I, <was> just, <laughs> I just remember him saying that. I was like, all right, cool. So I was like, all right, I'm really overdressed. But uh, yeah, and then um, it just worked out. Like I got a, they, they were looking for another college agent um, to um, book Care Top into more, Schools and such, so they had an an agent there working on that, and so I jumped into the college market with them. And then at that time, Brian Heffron, um, who was managing the old Comedy Zone and Independence, uh, he came over there as well as booking. And I don't, there was some shift changes and such. The there was two uh, Tom Haynes left. Um, There was another fellow there, uh, Jeff Chester. He left, and Heff started booking all the headliners. And then I booked all the, the features mm. at that time and caretop left. Um, his star was rising pretty fast. So yeah. he left and, and shortly thereafter, um, the Caretop money dried up and unfortunately they, Brad Greenberg let me go. He said, Hey, uh, I just can't afford to pay you. And I, the writing was on the wall and I, I was totally, I got it, you know, no yeah. problem. So at this time, I mean, I worked there for just under three years and, um, the, Day um, after he let me go, um, I, I went to downtown Charlotte and got my business license and um, started Summit Comedy.
0: So, oh, cool. So, so that was perfect. I mean, yeah, you it was, learned so, what you needed to learn? So yeah, and... I was
1: 26. So that was 20 years ago. Wow. So yeah, so uh, diving right in. And you know, actually I was Summit Entertainment at one time uh, when I first started and then I got sued. Um, there was a Summit Entertainment oh. in, um, in California that uh, didn't like me using their name. But at the time, you know, the internet was so fresh and yeah, new, right. yeah. and I knew there wasn't any comedy agency called Summit Entertainment because comedy world is pretty small. Right. You kind of know everybody that that's out there, and then I started getting emails and and scripts, movie scripts and such, and, yeah. then, and then I was like, okay, and I found out at that time this company, so I was it's just forward to the, being a nice guy. Right. Nice, you were just, nice and I'm, they sued you in return. Correct. Yeah. Yes, that's so, perfect. That's very California. Well, they were, didn't quite, they just sent me a cease and desist. Yeah. I mean, that was the next step, obviously. But, right. uh, but I got a, um, I got an email and it said, final script, um, said, um, the Mexican starring Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts. And I go, oh shit. It's like, I don't think I'm supposed to have this one <laughs> and again uh, I sent it to them and then the next day like you know overnight cease and desist letter in the mail so wow. long story short they had the name before I did and um, and uh, I had the website though I had summitentertainment.com and I should have sold it to them oh, for a lot more than what it. I did um, because if you know anything about uh, Summit Entertainment today. Um, they are the producers of many films, and their biggest—you might have heard of it. It's called the Twilight series. Oh
0: yeah, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. all those vampires. So <laughs> that, that rings a vague. Bell. I
1: could have. <laughs> I mean, if I just held out for more money. I mean, I obviously I didn't. They didn't do anything at the time. No? Yeah. You know, besides the Mexican, I guess. I guess that was their biggest thing
0: at the time. But,
1: anyways. So yeah, that's that story. So.
0: Well, I mean, you know, if they're. Sending you a cease and desist... It's much more tempting to hang out, hold on to their website for that. Yeah, you know, but so. I also remember, too, my business was
1: only about a year and a half in, and um, the amount of money that I did get, it was just like, you know, I just jumped at it. Sure, it felt like a lot of money. Yeah, at the time. it did. Yeah, you know, it's, hindsight. Yeah. Hindsight's
0: twenty twenty. Right. Yeah. Well, you couldn't see the Twilight series coming. You didn't know yeah, yeah. But if they're getting, you know, <laughs> Brad Pitt films, they're probably going to do okay. Yeah, yeah. Again, I was happy with what I got at the time.
1: And, yeah. you know. It was seed money. It is what it is. Yeah, and you know those are the. That's why. And then twenty years later, I can t- put it on a podcast. I, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tell good story. A story. That's a
0: great story. Yeah,
1: it's a hundred thousand dollars story that I didn't get. I can just tell a hundred thousand dollars that you didn't
0: get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how, how 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 big's the story that you yeah. did get? <laughs> is no. that a, is that a private? Is that a no?
1: A, I i could tell you. I, I asked for ten thousand and they gave me sixty five hundred.
0: So they bargained with you over a, a website over a that a website they absolutely had to have.
1: Um, yeah and uh, a true. And every now and then I still check, they own it,
0: obviously still, yeah. but they don't use it. Oh, they don't use it. yeah, if you go to sevenentertainment.com, What do they use? I don't know. Oh, don't. weird, yeah yeah, I know I, I, uh, I am a hoarder of websites, and I literally have I'd I finally cut a lot of them loose because I every time I have an idea, oh I look just, for the domain it, and I yeah. register it, and I register it just for a year, you know it's like 10 bucks for the year, and I figure if I don't do anything with it in a year, I'll just cut it loose. Sure. I'm sure a
1: lot of people do that too. I've done a couple and a lot of times I've done it just for fun. Like, 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 uh, just, yeah,
0: just more jokes than anything
1: else. And like, and send it to somebody like, and it'll redirect to mine. And like, like, yeah, I did that.
0: There was a, there was a an email going around at one point where like, when you, uh, Someone sent you an email like, "You better check this out. I found this website for you." You click on it and it says like, "Jason Shoulder is gay." Like dot com, you know. And it was like, so someone had like an algorithm that automatically made it look like there was this website about you oh, outing so your sexuality, whether it was true or not. And uh, so that was, you know, this is back uh, twenty years ago or fifteen years ago when you know it, w- it might still be embarrassing, or you might still, you know, what I mean, like now if you're gay, nobody cares. Like it's so mainstream, yeah, sure. which is great. That's how it should yeah. be. But it's just kind of funny. I mean, I'm sure it's still a big deal to the person who's reconciling with it, but the reality is society is not going to punish you anymore. Nobody cares. Like, right. Yeah, of course. You know, um, I was just watching, uh, <laughs> listening to, uh, fortune Feimster on my way over here. Okay. Um, and I was. It's. She's got the Netflix stand up, like that series of half hour stand up specials. Yeah. And you know she's from North Carolina. It was. It was. She's good. She's really funny. You know, and she's like talks about you know after college moving in with a man and her mom's super Christian and she's like you know you're gonna go to hell for this you know and she's like well you're really not gonna like what I'm gonna tell you next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh. So what like what does it take to be you you mentioned like first you have to be funny, but what are some of the other criteria for someone who wants to work at a college? Because I know that like Jerry Seinfeld, who you think would be pretty easily bookable, you know, and Chris Rock, who obviously amazing, but maybe not for some of the reasons I'm gathering, you're about to tell me, but, um, those guys don't want to work colleges anymore. Like, and it's not because of the money. I'm sure, I'm sure you could get them any amount of money. Um, so what is it? What do you have to do? What are some of the drawbacks? You know, from the comedian side. Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny that you've I've been asked that question. I mean, at least a hundred times. Oh man! I promised th- I was
0: going to ask you questions. That you didn't <laughs> no, always get asked. Well, no, but like,
1: not necessarily from comics, but like just uh, just everybody because it's it's been such a spotlight on it in the yeah. news, in the comedy news, and entertainment uh, over the last. Uh, I guess when Jerry said that, I think it's like three or four years now yeah. that when he first came out, him and Chris Rock said it about the same time. They kind of piggybacked each other. Um, my initial thoughts on on that when I don't I don't know why I don't know Jerry. I don't um, I, I don't understand why he did say that because I don't believe it what he said because he's like I believe he doesn't want to do colleges because he feels that you know the whole PC culture or whatever, but. He is a clean comedian, so anything he says on any campus would be fine. So the fact that he said that in the first place, I don't understand why he did. Maybe he just was bored and wanted to get some headlines out there. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I would ask him right here, too. But I'd have to ask, too, is like, I don't think you're booked at many colleges because they can't afford you. Right. He's a hefty price tag. Yeah, I mean, most schools. I mean, their budgets are dwindling, and you never get a college that says, "Hey, we got an extra million dollars in the budget this year, so now we're going to bring, you know, we're going to spend half of that and go get uh, Jerry Seinfeld." Right. You know, that's so. That's my biggest thing. Chris Rock, I can definitely understand like his point of view because there are some schools, um, there are many schools um, that just would not be prone to his style of comedy and content right so it's not and it's not new though this isn't new this has been like I said I've been doing this forever when I booked my campus we were very open and we can have whatever you we wanted as far as a talent and and say whatever they want it, we had a really cool venue on campus called uh, um, yeah. Why am I drawn blank on the place uh legends, and it was like it was basically a bar you can bring in your own six pack even it was this, it was awesome, hmm. so when the comics would come in and go, "Hey, what can I can't say?" and like be funny, tell you jokes, I mean you can do whatever you want here, but every school is not like that um some um there so it's always been a little bit like. As a college agent, we have to service the needs of um, our clients who are writing the paychecks. I mean, so, and again, we ask the school, a good agent does this. There are many agents that don't give a shit. They're just going to try and ring up a sale and know that colleges do spend more than, you know, say a nightclub or, or, you know, I mean, I mean, the pecking order, if you're out there listening and you're not a comic, I mean, the, you know, the, you know, Clubs pay the least and then it kind of works your way up. I mean, colleges and then corporates are even higher sometimes. So, so as, as a good college agent, you just need to be in touch with what your client wants first and foremost. And that's why on our roster, we have a diverse group of people and their content levels and uh, just everything. Because... Every school has something going on. We try to, you know, that's why we don't just have all white male comedians. I mean, we try and get a diverse amount of um, comedy talent. And so when they call and say, hey, we need somebody for this family weekend where there might be some younger kids in the in the audience, like, you know, little brothers and sisters that are coming up to visit you know, right. and Johnny in school, I'm not going to book probably Kevin Bozeman there is Kevin Bozeman one of the funniest people on our roster yes is he a bit edgy that you know if some somebody's job is to book a clean comedian is there and the president of the school is there and sees this comic uh, being less than you know typical clean Um, yeah their job is on the line so that's why the the situation is is uh, unique Um, because they're trying, they they have a job to do. The 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 campus advisors and the students don't care. Sometimes I mean, because they just you know, hey, we're just because a lot of these are student run, so the right. students will, will will book stuff too. But ultimately, you know, shit rolls down a hill, right? I mean, you see how many uh, you can just Google like you know the problems with some of the school sh- uh, shows that have gone wrong, and then you then I it's it's never a comic that's you know middle of the road or on the cleaner side so uh, it's i guess we just take each booking on a case-by-case basis so i there there's not a blanket stroke of saying like all colleges, and that's what that's what's been de- being depicted i believe that all colleges are are this way and it's just not the case it never has been and never will be i mean so i mean we you book a um, some uh, like a Catholic school and such, yeah, they're always going to have issues with you going in and talking about abortion jokes. And, sure, right. I mean, That's a pretty
0: extreme example. It is, yeah.
1: but, um, but I have to say that just because there are still colleges or comics that will go in and just not get it. And go, well, oh, this, that. this yeah. joke kills in the clubs. You're not doing a club. you're doing a college it's a different entity and people say that all the time i mean even at the naca conferences so when um so when at the conferences i always suggest keep it as clean as possible because you're on you're being
0: judged um
1: have you ever been to naca no no Uh, what does it
0: stand for for people who don't naca
1: stands for national association for campus activities okay and there are a 55 plus year, uh, organization that's been around for a long time. So, uh,
0: and they do one thing, one gathering a year. No, they,
1: uh, they do seven regional conferences and one national. So right now, uh, the bulk of of them are in the fall. So it's six weeks in a row. So last week, last week was South and Thursday through Sunday, last week was South in Atlanta right now it's central in, in, um, Texas and then it's the Northeast and and um, Mid Atlantic, Northern Plains. So and the West. So they just they space them out regionally. So basically, the concept is is to bring all this live entertainment um, to a group of potential school buyers, and they sit around for three days and watch bands, comedians, jugglers, mentalists, poets, flamethrowers, whatever, any like live entertainment you can think of it's there and you submit your talent to be selected and if selected you pay a fee there's always fees involved right um pay a fee show up and you get a showcase in front of potential buyers and basically you know whore yourself out and sit in a and then after you showcase you go into a marketplace where you set up a trade show booth and there's all the bells and whistles and people you know selling their wares uh, whether it's jokes or or novelty items or whatever, and just that's the gig. And it's a, it's a unique um, system, and when it works, it works. Like if you could have somebody showcase and do great, and the concept, they have a block booking concept. So say, for example, um, you showcase in University of Wisconsin, uh, Superior once XYZ, Comedian on April 5th and then they sit in a block booking meeting where they're like "All right, you take taking the fifth? I'm only an hour away I'll take them the sixth and then the other schools will jump on and piggyback and okay. they create like a tour It doesn't always work that way because sometimes they're like I can't latch on to that and you're just doing isolated dates here And there but that's the concept of how it started um, Within the NACA organization to do that and it's like I said, it's great when it works out. You give them a discount um, for Hey, if you book that guy back to back, you know whether your sister's right. school will shave four hundred dollars off the the fee or whatever. So they're happy that they're getting a savings. The comics happy because he's getting a nice little run, and a nice chunk of change. So that's the concept of it all. I mean, and it's funny, like trying to explain what NAC is, and it's hard to. But um, recently, there was an episode of HBO's Crashing. You ever watch that show? Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm. Uh, I don't have HBO, so a friend of mine is gonna. I've been waiting. To like I can binge it, and he's going to give me his okay. HBO Go code, All right. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna so, watch all of them. Yeah. So
1: now, anytime somebody asks me what is NACA and what is it all about, just... I say HBO's crashing. There's an episode titled NACA. Okay. They just titled it. I mean, and it's I'd say it's ninety percent spot on. Okay. I mean, it's so good, and I'm oh, like great. just <laughs> laughing in the background and just then cringing a little bit too because like. It's a unique, uh, it's a, it's a unique market. I mean, um, but I mean, but it's, it's lucrative. I mean, it has been for, for myself. I mean, we're probably, I mean, if not the largest provider in the college market, um, through NACA in the top two or three, I mean, so, um, but it took a while to get there. I mean, um, like I said, I mean, when I first started years, yeah, I mean, this must be your anniversary year. Uh, yeah, it was in July, July twelfth. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we had a big show up at uh, uh, twenty six
0: acres. Oh, I brewery. think I knew about that, and I wasn't able to go for. Yeah, some I reason. just did a free yeah. show
1: and just gave everybody food and stuff, and uh, we did a. I wanted to give back somehow, so my wife's a school teacher, and uh, we raised over three thousand dollars for that school. And yes, um, I remember. I remember that now. And, yeah, that's um, coming back to me. Yeah, and we just gave. Uh, bunch of money to the school just uh, just to do something I just want to I didn't want to let the 20 years slip by without doing something and for sure something for good it's a huge uh, accomplishment yeah yeah, it was cool and then you know just go up there and drink beer and watch all these funny comics and just and have a good
0: time that's great well I'm excited to be on your show uh, next month yeah yeah Um, I'm really thrilled about it and I you know I was surprised cuz you would You know, every once in a while, I shoot an email like, "Yeah, any openings?" You're like, "Nothing nothing," you know. And you were like, "How about a month from now?" I'm like, "Okay." (laughs) Like, I don't know what what happened, but
1: yeah, well, and it's funny because that's just it. Like, so many comics, I don't get a chance to work with as many, like, say, new fresh faces because I don't do a whole lot of uh, outside, you know, work other than what I've got working right. with my regular clients. So like even the corporate market and such, I kind of have a stable of guys I just work with and a lot of them are my college guys I, I'll just move and say, hey, I got this corporate gig, whatever. So so I kind of keep it in the family a little bit. Um, I, and we started this years ago that um, we just called team summit. I mean, if you're on the team, I mean, it's it's a good thing to be on, on a team yeah. and, and everything everybody does on our team reflects upon others so if you go into a school and fuck it up I mean that's gonna reflect bad on you me and all the other comics that are on our team that you now like are they're gonna be hesitant to book with us because you screwed up your opportunity and might have screwed it up for everybody else so we kind of keep that concept of team summit and you know, again, I've been doing this so long. I, I don't like the bullshit. I mean, I don't like headaches. I like, I like cold beer and playing golf and, and booking comedy. You know, it's just, it's so simple. Like I don't need headaches in my day. You know, I know when I send somebody to say a college or whatever, I know that I don't have to worry about them. Um, so I mean, we meet, um, we, I typically meet all my clients before bringing them on too because if I can't just sit down and have a beer with you and like if we don't have that personality scenario like right. if we don't just click everybody's funny right I mean in theory you're, that's your job that's the easy part you know in theory you're supposed to be funny you're a comedian that's right. your title so uh, um, in your occupations so, so yeah like perfect example this summer um, I was up at uh, Just for Last in Montreal. And I had my eye on this one uh, new comic, and I don't bring on too many comics on my college roster every year. Maybe one or two tops. Right. And um, every year, we'd thin the herd a little bit, and maybe uh, take on one or two. So, just keep it fresh. Right. And Melissa um, started this years ago. She has this concept um, that she goes, Chuck, well, I if I don't wear a shirt or a sweater that's been in my closet for six or nine months, um, I get rid of it. Right. So why, why don't we just adopt that policy with our, with our comedians and our college roster? Don't leave them on there just to, for the sake of leaving them on there. Um, it's a va- very valid point because the concept is, we let the schools decide who they want to book. Like when a school calls us and emails us and says, uh, and I say us, it's mostly Melissa. She handles that part of the, 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 the business. It's the team, is, though. It's Team yeah, Summit. It's, it's all part of the team. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just always give her props because she's just an amazing person. And she's an agent. lucky to have a boss who feels that way better oh yeah it's well i i I joke and say like she's the sister i never had and Mm. but and i have a sister so (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: we um we bond really well uh we have the same moral compass um and both family driven we both know that family comes first over dick jokes you know i mean Mm. really I mean except when it
0: comes to your actual sister <laughs> yeah. Fucker. you yeah. found a, you found an upgrade <laughs> yeah <laughs> upgrade sis um yeah oh, I got off topic so we're, oh, I forgot what I was saying uh, <laughs> I don't know we were just talking about we, well you were talking about how you were thinning
1: oh yeah yeah, the herd, oh, oh, like oh, yeah. so my story uh, shirts, uh, I was in you know, Montreal whatever. and um I had my eye on this one comic um that somebody had mentioned because I'm always I'm always looking I am always looking you know I hear eight college agents that say they only you know, oh, we take on new new comics in uh, April and May. April and May is the submissions for all the NACA conferences for that's going on right now. Okay. So that's when a lot of people say that's when we take on new people. I'm like, what? Well, like, well, why would you just wait until that month? I'm, I'm always looking. Right. But a lot of people, a lot of agencies only book um, through NACA. Like, so they'll book what they get at a NACA. And they won't call the schools or reach out to them and try and, to book them so um, I got two stories here so one I'll finish up the Montreal so I had my eye on this guy and he was showcasing he was a he was uh, one of the new faces and his name is Leclerc Andre and you know what I just again it's the concept of meeting somebody I mean I'd already thought he was funny I'd seen some stuff I saw him live still thought he was funny and then we got to hang out afterwards and I was like you know what? This guy's got it. I mean, he's funny. He's personable. He's just nice. Uh, his girlfriend was there, and like we bonded. Like, like she was just nice as well. So right. it, again, that's like an extension of the team as well. Sure. You know, it's all part of it. And and just today, he told me he's um, he's doing Fallon next Friday. Oh wow! So he so clearly Montreal did well for him. And and did and, you uh, sign him or? Uh, yeah, he is a client and, and um, exclusive through us for the college market. So. Oh great! So yeah, but was, you you don't get any no just colleges yeah. that's uh i know my wheelhouse i you know he signed with icm for everything else um, and again i know i we can provide more a, a better service in the college market than any other agency out there hands down i right. just know it i just know i've been doing it uh, long enough to know that to it's a bold ass statement but it's true and um so it is what but it is. It's true, it's and true. And the proof yeah. is in the pudding. I mean, like, we've already booked him, like, 10, 12 dates already. I mean, that was just, we just brought him on in July. So, uh-huh. you know, I mean, and schools don't even start until August 15th or so. So I think he's doing a show for us tonight. Or, so it's just, it is what it is. So that's that story. Um, I was going to loop back around to another story. I got, I'm rambling. That's fine. No, say. you're doing great. It's <laughs> awesome.
0: No, this is exactly what yeah. I, you know. This is, uh, what's interesting to me, you know? Yeah. Um, do you remember your other thread? Do you want to come uh, back? I, I, I might come back. S- to okay. So, so I always, um, I always like to hear the good stuff. I always like to really hear the bad stuff, you oh, know? So like, like <laughs> what, such as, well, like what's an example. I mean, obviously, you know, you show up late, you show up drunk, there's the obvious things, but like, you know, what are some great failure stories, whether it's a personal failure story or mm-hmm. like a comedian, you don't have to, you don't have to call them out by name, but like what are some things that people should definitely know to avoid? Um, you can say the obvious but also the things that are most interesting are the ones that are not necessarily so obvious really
1: um wow that's an interesting question um i'll give you i mean the first one i just thought of is just a i mean you you see people eat it you know at these conferences a lot so if they're not well trained to go in and you know i train every comedian before they showcase um if it's your first time showcasing you get a sit down with me, whether it's face to face or over the phone, and I walk you through the steps and I walk you through your material. I will take a video. They'll send me like a 20 minute video of the, the bits that they're thinking about doing. Right. I will edit that video together and send it back to them and say, I know you normally do this here, or this, or this tag. Now, don't leave that. Don't put that tag here. Put this. Chop this up here. Move it. The that front to the back, or whatever. Um, I walk you. I walk you through. And death, that's just because I know what I'm doing. I am not a comedian. I am I never try to be a comedian. I don't ever want to be a comedian. But I know what works um, in my market um, on that stage with the talent, with the material that you have. I just make edits basically right. and i suggest and that's part of the team too if you can't listen to my direction buy uh like i will move on to somebody else will listen to me it's like do you want to make money or not that's ultimately what it is if you have the mentality of like oh this is my craft and, like you know my art and like i am not going to change for anybody well sorry you're not going to be a part of team summit i mean that's just what it is so I have a pretty good success uh, record of yeah. people showcasing um, and walking away with with um, good business, and that's what we're there for. I mean, every one of those people, it's different. You're at a showcase; everyone, you're not there. You're there to make them laugh, but your your main priority is to get them to book you, right? And that's not the case anywhere else. I mean, you can't. You don't go to a club. You you want them, them to laugh and you, like at your jokes and such. But you don't give a shit after the after you walk off that stage ultimately you might want to add them to your fan list and such and come back in a year but this is completely different so i always um have the i've said this a million times as well that every person in the crowd at a naca conference um, has a dollar sign over their head and try to imagine that when you're out there mm. and um, and it's and it's inside of a balloon <laughs> I, I go into a, a whole nother level of this I mean again I, I've, do I've, it I've give done it to it. us Give it so to me. so there's a balloon over their head and everyone mm. has got a dollar over it say there's a thousand people in your room if you say fuck on stage you've popped half your balloons ah. and your and your dollars just float up into the sky right because again th- the whole cleanliness thing I mean, A lot of times you can do what you want when you get to the campus, but if you're already like coming out hard right out of, like right in front of them as what, as they're choosing who they want to book, because they have a literally have a book in front of you, like, "Uh, nah, he said fuck, and like, all right, maybe, maybe let's not go towards that comic. And, you know, because this other guy was just as funny, but he was, he didn't say fuck, and he didn't say, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. So I always have them be as clean as possible. So just last weekend I saw a comic. He didn't say fuck or anything. He just wasn't that funny to be honest with you. He didn't go o- I've seen him showcase before and he did well, but he was MCing and there's a the way an works, there's different um time slots they have like a showcase like a five minute sampler you can do a 10 minute main stage showcase or you can mc mc you get up to 25 minutes but your set is all broken up right so you you'll do say five minutes up front and then you'll have a band and then you go do like two minutes and then like all right a poet and then you do five minutes etc so you get up to 25 minutes and it's a hard gig to do to get your rhythm back especially after say, a, a poet goes on there and is talking about, like, you know, how he or she just went through a cancer battle or something and just, and people are crying and such, and then you go, okay, more jokes now, yeah. you know, it's just, so it's a tough gig. You have to be a pretty seasoned comic, and this comic, I don't believe he was very seasoned, um, as far as, you know, a strong um, rebound, I guess, and they just not like it, and, like, I just met him for the first time the night before a big group of us got together. Cause it's like camp, you go there and you see the same people, you know, like week after week at these conventions, uh, like the agents, a lot of more friendly with. And so we're like, hey, we're all going out to dinner. So we're out to dinner with a bunch of people. Um, my clients, uh, Eric Dittleman, who's a mentalist and um, Jenny Zagrino was was there. We all went out to dinner. And um, one of the other comics from the other agency, he he, he just didn't have a good set. And afterwards I went up to him and he was in the, the trade show booth, you know, and probably wasn't getting a lot of foot traffic of right. like, schools mm-hmm. coming to buy him and such. But, uh, no. and I just looked at him and I kind of smiled and he's shaking his head like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, it was so bad. It was so bad. And I go, I said, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> and he goes, no. And I said, uh, you want a hug and he goes <laughs> i'll take one of those i'll take one of those yes so i gave him a hug and you know it's like go get him tiger go get him next time right so hey, anyway. now this isn't the guy who's on
0: your team this is just no no guy. no it's yeah, just another yeah, just somebody else yeah.
1: and you know what the funniest thing is um his manager wanted us to take him back uh in the spring um before submissions um started and i asked to see more material and mm-hmm. i said I like the five minute set that you sent. I want to see his act. to to get me to start asking for more material. That's a it's a it's a good sign. Right. Um, but ultimately, I still come down to hey, I need to see your hour. Right. And if you can't provide that for me, I'm not bringing you on
0: because right. that's how long people do generally. Yeah. Five When an you hour. go
1: to a school, you have to do an hour by yourself. Right. There's typically not an MC. There's no feature. It's just. It's, oh, you just get up and do your hour. You start cold. You start cold. You might get an intro. You might get a uh, the campus activities board president to, say, to fumble through say, your intro.
0: Hey, to yeah. Ru- to absolutely okay. ruined. Take uh, take the room from cold to freezing. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like
1: ah, you guys enjoying the pizza that we brought out for you guys. Perfect. Okay. All right. Arvin Mitchell. Here he is. Yeah. And then he comes out, and and you just gotta go. It's Part of the gig. I mean, you, I mean, people. I'm not saying I never have said the the college market is the amazing. It's you can have the, the best shows of your life. Yeah, you might have some of those. You're gonna have a lot of shit ones. I oh, mean, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the coming out cold. Uh, nooners. Have you heard of nooners? It sounds like you're doing a mid afternoon show. Yeah, eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Twelve o'clock at uh, you know X Y Z University where. People are coming and going in a lunch room, and literally serving tater tots. And oh my god! So you're just tots. like,
0: you're just talking. You're just yeah. a guy in the corner talking. Yes. And people are not yeah. necessarily paying attention at like, all.
1: Hello, hello, Uh yeah, yeah, I'm up here telling jokes. Uh, yeah. Oh my, that would be. Can miserable. you put down your
0: corn dog for a second and listen to these jokes?
1: Yeah, those suck. Yeah. In the Midwest, um, there's a ton of those. For some reason, um, I'll just, go do one though. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but you, <laughs> you never know need somebody i'll they, go i'll go torture but myself you know what they
1: pay well i mean yeah. entry level is a thousand dollars a show there's
0: never we never book a show less than a thousand well you can't because i'm i mean you you need a piece and the comic and then, yeah and uh um, and does that that probably doesn't include transportation right is that um
1: every use every agency works it out differently um we just started from the beginning we just do an all-inclusive deal okay um that makes so, sense. So when we price our comics out for like say like at a NACA like we just have because you can check all the boxes right. you know plus room, plus sound lights and travel, and again with the cutting of the cost of a lot of the budgets of many schools and such, we just keep it simple that it's not the hidden cost. because you know sometimes they'll book you know a comic for twelve fifty and then. They'll come back, and go all right. Well, oh, it's eight hundred dollars for travel. I'm like Jesus. Like that's not what I really wanted to sign up for. I right. just saw the twelve fifty. So it's a little bait and switch. So we just keep it simple. Like all right, this comic is two thousand dollars plus a room. You know, so simple. Right. So yeah. So again, the the nooners suck, but um, um, some of the crazy shenanigans. You always get paid though. Like you know, right. I I don't know how long you've been a comedian. Hello. Three years. Three years. Yeah. All right. Have you
0: had like the, the, the club that stiffed you or like? I had a situation where um I got hired to go do a gig that was like three and a half hours away. Okay. And they like put me on the radio and everything. I mean, it was, you know, and then it poured and the town flooded. Okay. And two or th- two and a half, like two, two and a half hours before I was going to get there or something like that. I called him, I'm like, how's it going? He's like, I don't know, man. I'm thinking I should cancel. I'm like, you haven't made that decision yet? I'm halfway there. Right. And luckily, I, I had to go anyway. I mean, I I had a, something really important that was halfway between home and where this gig was. And I was at that place. I'd finished what I'd come there to do. And now it was either go forward or go back. But nowhere in my mind was I planning to go back. Yeah. And and I called him, he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna call it, man. I'm gonna call it, you know. And and he canceled the show and never sent me any money. And then mm. I immediately texted one of my veteran comedian mentor friends and i was like what happens in this situation what do you do yeah so she said you know if you're already at the venue and he cancels he's got to pay you but if you're not there yet it's you know it's a it's an act of god yeah and you just suck it up yeah but if you're already there uh they should pay you yeah well at least something i
1: feel like you know i try to you know i i've always try to keep my nose clean in this business. I mean, cause this, this business is, you know, notoriously known for much of snakes and yeah. sliminess. And, and again, I mean, I, my wife is a saint and like, she, I don't think she wants to be associated with, with like just slime balls. So like, I, uh, you know, I think I would send, I'd send money in that scenario, even if it was 50 bucks and like, Hey man, right. sorry. So, I mean, I've, ca- I've canceled, I mean, shit doing this for 20 years, I've had to cancel a million people. And, um, you know, I mean, the one of the worst uh, scenarios ever. I had a a Vegas gig going on, and they were doing it for about two months, and it was going okay. And then it turns out the uh, the guy, the promoter I was working with, was never paying the casino. Um, oh my gosh! His port portion of the agreement, the comics were getting paid, but then I guess he was paying. He was getting free rent basically, but he was, he was not paying, and right. they kept pushing it off. And then one day, I had comics there, and they're like, they're like, hey the The casino called me because I never dealt with the casino. I was one of the promoter. Right. I learned quickly not to ever do that. I go to the source and um and and they said, "Hey, there's no more comedy. I was like, I have comics there right now, like sitting there like and uh do you know Kostaki Economopolis? no. Midwest guy. um, I don't know where he's living now, but like he's big on the in the Bob and Tom market. And I had him there. And true story, you can ask him that. Like he's like, "Well, am I getting paid?" And I was like, "I don't think so, man." Like then, and I I didn't have it was like I think it was like seventeen hundred dollars or something. And and I didn't really have that at the time. I mean, I was broke. I mean, I was just you know living month to month like any other new business owner was. And and um, I. I got that money and paid him and mm. I paid him out of my pocket and I was like, it just, you know, so I've done all that a lot. And, um, just because, um, I owned it. I mean, yeah. it was, it wasn't his fault and, um, you know, it sucks and it's just part of this business sometimes and, you
0: know, shit happens. And yeah, so I've had so. stuff like that happen. Yeah. So, but the colleges are not, not like that, that extreme, but I mean, you know, just situations where you're like, well, I'm just going to pay them. Like, I have, I've only made one, I think I've made money on two shows that I've put on. The rest of them, I have lost money. Yeah. I always pay the comics. Yeah. Well, I lost money
1: last night. Um, It's actually the first time I'd lost money um, at 26 Acres, but, uh, but I booked uh, one of my favorite comics and. uh, Oh, which one? uh, Roy Wood Jr., one of my clients. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, he's on The Daily Show and he's making some good coin and. And um, I just wanted to hang out with them. And that's what I do at that show. I, 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 you know why I started booking that, sh- that club? One is um, um, it's just literally two miles from my house. Right. Um, two is I know the owners and they asked me, hey, like, we're thinking about doing comedy. And um, I said, you know what? I'll do it um, just for me. It's like, just let me do it. Let me book all the comics I want to book and run it the way I want to run it. And they're like, fine. Uh, we just want people to drink beer. So do they pay
0: you to run the show or you
1: just get the I, door? I take 100% of the door. I do everything from the marketing to everything, yeah. running the room, setting it up. I mean, so it, it's, you know, I do it for fun because uh, it keeps one foot in that club world, I guess, per right. se. And, and like you look over the years, I mean, we've been doing it almost uh, two years now. And, and I, um, uh, I just book all the comics I want to see. New faces sometimes right. I want to see, like, yourself. And, like, um, and then I book, like, um, next month I've got Colin Moulton and Arvin Mitchell who are on my college roster. Um, I just, I want to hang out with them. You know, they're right. fun. I, I love them. I'm obviously a fan of their comedies. And um, so, yeah. So, and it's, again, it when it works, it works. It makes you look like a rock star because, you know, they're slam dunks and and anything. But, you know, so, but looping back around the colleges, like, you you always get paid um that's never been a, a case um i mean just this week i think this weekend i was supposed to have a show at a north carolina school and that oh, was wake forest oh. uh they screwed up somebody like dropped the ball or something and said oh we're not doing this show like we didn't promote it or whatever and they're sending me the check still so oh wow so again the college it's such a unique like what what club so going back to that what club would say hey we screwed up we didn't even advertise we forgot we had a comedy show booked and like
0: oh here's your $2,500 yeah I just found out that happened to a um a theater show well I mean like a little playhouse you know like a black box theater in Mm -hmm. Asheville like they had this show they they had these guys once and they were having them back because it was so successful the first time yeah Apparently nobody showed up except for this one guy who comes to everything. Okay. Including the one show I did there where nobody you showed get, up like, except a mem- this guy a yearly membership or something. <laughs> no, he just up. he just he's he just loves to be entertained and he just loves comedy and plays and I don't know, you know, what his daily life is like, but this guy comes to everything. He's on my mailing list. He comes to all my shows. He's my most loyal <laughs> audience members. And the first show he came to, well the first show he came to, I was on somebody else's show. I was doing, you know, 15 minutes on a on a political talk show like okay. thing and, I, and I'm not political at all and I told him I'm like you know I'm the wrong comic for this he's like well right. you're funny so you're not but you know I just want you to come up and just comedy do thing, politics <laughs> yeah but there are political comics and you know sure. and this guy was okay. kinda trying his hand at political comedy so it was good that I didn't because it would have been a whole lot of that but I guess this guy saw me there so he liked that so he decided to come back but when he came back the only two people in the audience he was there, and the girlfriend of one of the comics was there. We had two audience members. I had three camera people. <laughs> you know, like there were more crew yeah, than there were then. audience. But I'll tell you, those two audience members laughed harder and louder and more earnestly than at times that I've had hundreds of people in the room. Like it was one of my best shows ever for two people. Oh, that
1: was I was surprised that you still did the show. Oh, we did the show. Yeah, yeah. My,
0: the, the owner, the guy, the manager of the theater said, well show must go on yeah i was like okay and we did it And all seriousness man it was great the only the, the only bad thing was one of the uh comics went way too long and so the third comic didn't get to do his set uh, because the guy's like you gotta you have a heart out at 90 no ifs and or buts you know okay. and i kind of felt like dude we all just perform for two people let the guy do his time but right. i was just you know I looked him up in the sound booth and he just gave me the signal, you know, I was like, all right. And, uh, so I've been trying to make it up to the guy ever since, like, yeah. I, you know, I mean, he's been so around a long Potential hell me. gig, but it turned out pretty good. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah. No, it was, it was really like when I put the laugh track in, it's going to read yeah. as one of the best shows ever. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: Pat Godwin just tagged me in a post recently about like one of his worst hell gigs. It was a college that I booked him at and he's a guitar comic, uh. if, if you didn't know. and. Uh, he uh, was booked um, for this event, A- and he—I might be missing out some of the details. The long and short of it, he had it was contracted for an hour, and and the show wasn't promoted or whatever. And he had to do this show, and one person was there studying, I believe, like an Asian, ch- like student in the mm-hmm. back who had, I think he had headphones on, even so, would not even paying attention. And like he was more annoying the guy studying than anything else. But the advisor said you yeah you have to do your time and there's one person he's not even like he doesn't want to be here so and he like, just stood up there and like, talked sorry. to nobody so yeah he's playing his guitar and playing songs and stuff at, at least, least was, he had a guitar right yeah so I mean. again I don't remember the entire story but like he yeah he tagged me in that post just because yeah I mean the, so they're not all glamorous I mean I've uh, I had one a couple of years ago that uh um you know sometimes travel is, is the is the, the job. Right. You know, it takes a lot of work to get to point A to point B. Yeah. And and especially, say, you're an LA-based comic and you're being booked in um, Maine in January and right. there's snow and travel delays and such. In this exact scenario, we had a comic once that it took her like two or three flights to get there. She finally made it like um, on time, but it was just one of those shitty travel days and she gets there and the, the school had like you know four feet of snow or whatever and nobody showed up yeah so they literally handed her a check and go thanks for coming and i'm sorry didn't you know didn't, you didn't get to perform and she turned around and went home so that wow. was she was like well that was, i that was my job was
0: just getting there right. it's, it's it, half the battle so. so i mean really as a comedian i mean some people are probably sick of performing but most of us like being on stage is the fun part. Yeah. Everything else is the job. Yeah, it's the work. And uh, there was a line. Did you ever watch Entourage? Um, I did a little bit. I wasn't, you know, hooked on it, but okay. I, I watched a little bit of it. I was, I mean, shamefully hooked on it. And yeah. uh, but there was, uh, you know, it's one of those shows where if you have any interest in the entertainment industry, it's also an education. It's not just entertaining. Yeah. And there was an episode where uh, Vince was going to be Aquaman. So they want him to go to Comic-Con. He's okay. like, I'm not going to hang out with all those geeks, you know? And, and Eric, his friend, best friend and manager was like, dude, they don't pay you to act. They pay you to promote. And that really stuck with me. Like, I put comedians on shows all the time. They don't promote. And I'm like, and then the show's not full. I'm, and I'm, yeah. it's like, you're ruining this for all of us. Like, right. do you want to perform to an empty room? Yeah. I mean, you know. Help I mean, me even help if, you. Even if nobody comes, I just really like to see the comedians who put it out there it's just a it's yeah. just a help it makes the little, show look good a little effort, yeah, yeah I mean, it's show that you're yeah. with team marquee comedy Yeah, sh- <laughs>
1: show that you have so, at least some gumption to uh to promote yourself I mean you know you should be a big the your biggest fan right right in theory yeah so you would think, but that doesn't always happen that way but um yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, the whole I use th- that line. I'll, I use the uh, Jerry Maguire line all the time. Help me, help you. Right. Help me, help you. Yeah. Jesus, come on! Like, do something. I mean, I can't do it all. I mean, just
0: give me a little sometimes. So yeah, yeah. So uh, let me ask you this, and we can wrap up soon. Cause... Oh, uh,
1: when you said entourage, uh, I thought oh. I thought of something. Uh, sure. Yeah. What do you think about Jer- uh, Jeremy Piven
0: now doing stand up? Oh, I didn't know he's doing stand up. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because he just like he had a pretty big me too. Yes, Scandal, that's right?
1: why he is shifting and pivoting, I guess, and I heard that he's doing stand up now. And um and he just I saw some kind of comedy alert that I guess he did a banquet corporate event recently and it i guess it didn't go over very well or something so i was just curious it Does like, I, I just thought of it randomly when you said
0: that so okay well, so well, he's I, out
1: doing clubs i guess
0: i mean he's a he's a tremendous actor yeah. for who he is he's really good at being who he is and if you watch like what i didn't realize that it until i re-watched it later after i was already an entourage junkie he played george on seinfeld when they like did the the series of episodes where Jerry gets the pilot and okay. they make the pilot. Jerry Piven, Jeremy Piven plays George. Oh, okay. So you can't have a more opposite character to this. Right. Cause he paid a meeker version of George than George, you know, okay. you can't have a o- farther opposite from his, uh, entourage character than his, right. Yeah. S- his version of Bold George on Seinfeld. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, uh, so I think he's great. I mean, uh, he is who he is, but I think he's good. Yeah. I was uh, in
1: cause I was in Montreal, um, the summer and i'd asked a comedian who actually used to be on my college roster and i said hey what, you, what are you doing he goes oh i'm writing for jeremy piven that's and
0: what i was going to ask you my next uh, thing was going to be is he writing his material yeah or yeah. acting his material no i think other people are writing phoning it. in somebody else's jokes i guess so well i mean so that's an interesting concept that's uh i think worth discussing it's like you know there was a time when there were songwriters and there were singers and there was no shame in the fact, you know, you, you were singing a Gershwin tune. You were singing, sure. uh, um, you know, Leonard Cohen wrote a bunch of songs that other people sang. He also sang, but a lot of people, you know, played his music. Yeah. Um, who, who's the other guy? Uh, Desmond Child comes to mind for me. He he um,
1: helped a lot of, I, I grew up in the 80s rock world. So okay. like he wrote a lot for Kiss and um, he um, co-wrote with Bon Jovi. I can't remember their biggest hit, the Works on the Dock. What's his name? Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. I so mean, in music there's a very lucrative business in the writing business. So.
0: Well, and there are people who are good at writing and not as good at performing. Hmm. Like I've had some of my friends sure. who are my they love me and they support me. They're like, You would you should write for other people. They're basically like your writing is much stronger than your performing, which is <laughs> which is true. Yeah. Isn't that uh, the kiss of death and like
1: he's a really good writer? Yeah, oh, right. No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's She's uh, got a nice personality. No, exactly. Yeah, it is it is the great personality <laughs> complement of comedy to yeah. say that you're a good writer. Um, I mean, I, you know, I know that I'm more of a writer than a performer, more of a thinker than a performer, you know? Um, but there's, but I like to think, and I hope that, that the writing carries it, you know, but I also recognize like you have all these different faculties and I was just watching Steve Martin's, uh, you know, his masterclass, someone Mm -hmm. gave me that for my birthday. Nice. And he was saying, you know, is use on, everything. Is that on stand up or is it on playing banjo? You know banjo? I, So, interesting question. I no, it's not on banjo. It's on comedy. Okay. But it's not just about stand up. I was under the impression it was just going to be about stand up, but he talks it's really Steve Martin on comedy. So, he also talks at length about his movies and and some acting stuff and but mostly it's it's about uh, movies and and the first half is about stand up. You do get a sense of how just brilliantly funny and creative and and quick he is, you know. Sure. You also get to see him say things that aren't that funny. So you get to watch him fail a little bit, which is kind of nice because he's so amazing. Just to see that just because you're that good doesn't mean everything that comes out of your mouth is funny the first time it comes out of your mouth. Sure. And he really honed his act for a long time. And there were a lot of things that really... Well, that's
1: the perception, right? Every person just thinks every comic is just you know, amazing, uh, you know, the great comics. And then they see them on stage and go, oh, my God. So it's like, but they forget, you know, they're doing that exact same set the next night or whatever. So, you know, they've honed that, that honed it in thinking the, you know, showing that that is seems unscripted and just off the cuff. And that's, you know, a good comic does that. Right. So, yeah. So,
0: well, one of the things he talked about was, you know, and one of the things he really mastered was use everything. I mean, have a visual gag that goes along with the words he He said that he realized that at some point, and I think it was when he was he read some book by a magician who, shortly after publishing the book on how to perform magic, quit magic altogether in disgust, you know but it was all these like because magic is so much uh, presentation and and fluff and you know all the drama you create around the the tricks that you're doing and Steve Martin really mastered that with his comedy. He's, he was so much of his act was antics. You know, if you, if you, uh, if you watch him, it's a lot of antics when you listen to him, it's a lot of, especially, you know, there's different stuff. Like by the time I got to playing, you know, stadiums or whatever, it was a lot more antics, but in the beginning, a lot of stuff is really, you know, clever, funny, kind of intimate verbal stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but he really learned and i think the thing that made him huge was when he started to bring all those things together and it's like you have you're you're a three-dimensional being up there maybe even four-dimensional when you're on stage and if you're just using words you're only utilizing one of the dimensions and there's just there's more there than that and so I, that's all I think about is like, yeah, that,
1: that, that masterclass, I've uh, seen a couple of those things pop up in like the sponsored ads and such. It looks like a pretty, uh, neat, uh,
0: it's cool. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a student of stuff. I mean, I think it's from being Jewish. My parents are like, you can be whatever you want. Just get educated in that field. You right. know. So when I started doing comedy, my mom paid for half of my comedy class with Joel, oh, nice. you know, she's like, I think you should take a class. Like go learn. If you're going to do this, yeah, go learn how it, to right. do it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And, you know, I talked to so many people like comedy class can't is funny, but I'm like, you know, everyone said I was a lot funnier after that class. Like I started getting a lot more taken more seriously and people didn't know I took the class. But they were like, wow, so said really you said you're a really better. good writer. Yeah, your writing has gotten even better. <laughs> <laughs> you're even more equipped not to be performing. So, uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was. uh invaluable for me, you know? Um, and when they offered the hosting class, I took the first one and yeah, um, I like that stuff. I mean, I think, I think, and you know, when talking about, uh, mistakes people make and stuff, I noticed like when I got up on stage for the first time at the class, I was the only person in my class with any comedy stage experience. And so, you know, when I got up, I was, I was pretty comfortable up there, you know, but I remember i like put my hand on the mic stand, all the stuff. The first thing they said is like, don't touch that mic stand. Yeah. I never use the mic stand, but the open mic comics who I see with more experience do things like lean on the mic stand. So I thought I was supposed to be doing that. Like there are all these bad habits you learn from other people who didn't go to school. Yeah. And if you're not careful by the time you get good, you're good with all these, un these habits you can't unlearn. Sure. And, Uh, so thankfully for me, I mean, I like, you know, how long
1: was that process? Like five, six weeks or
0: it's a six week class. And on the seventh week you do your show. Yeah.
1: I've never gone to one. I've never even witnessed a comedy class. I just, I just wait for them to come to me when they're funny, I guess. Well, yeah, for you, it would
0: be like, (laughs) well, it might be interesting once, you know, just go to the graduation show. You don't have to. You yeah. know, don't have to like grin and bear. I mean, the, Joel's infinite patience, man. I mean, yeah. Joel's a great guy. Uh, Joel Pace, if uh, out there
1: listening, is uh,
0: an amazing fella.
1: He just lives right down the road from here.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard. I yeah. learned that when you guys did your uh, your free like come hang with us. session yeah, yeah. of Twenty six acres. We, uh,
1: I think we mentioned doing that uh, like yearly, and uh, that'd be kind of cool to do it
0: that again. Totally.
1: Free advice for uh, comics. Yeah, um, it yeah.
0: was great. It was really great. We're, we're givers, you know. <laughs> that's certainly the... honestly. Word on the street. Honestly, that's my experience of both of you, truly. I mean, um, I mean, Joel is busy, and he answers my emails. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you know, and, and I... I mean, whether it's for tickets to a show or, you know, a joke I need some help on or whatever, you know... Um, had some drama once in my life around, you know, comedy, drama. And so I met with him and he, he you know, he spent an hour with me talking about it and, yeah. and he offered to help in all these different ways. Like, how can I undo this for you? That's not you, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, that's just it. I mean, and you know, what and he's got a good name for himself. it's just so simple. Like again, you know, what we, what we do. I mean, it's, yeah. so uh, I always try to help out. I saw somebody in the, uh, on Facebook, uh, a local comic asking about something, some advice about something and, and, um, I think somebody, a producer reached out to him and he, he didn't know if it was a scam or not. And I said, well, it's you can figure that out pretty easily. Just, uh, you know, start, I, I said, I can look it up for you on IMDB. Like, you know, if they're a real company and such, because right. if they're, if they're anything, they produce something, it's been, it'll be listed there. And, and he's like, yeah, so, and it wasn't, so I was like, yeah, I think you're getting trying to get had and they, had, they were asking him for money. And it's like, Oh, never send somebody money. Like, I mean, that's the, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's, that. that's crazy. So when you, um, all right, just circle back and sum it up. When you do one of those NACA conferences, yes, you send your comedians, you send, first of all, do you pay? Is We it,
1: submit, uh, so for every NACA region, you submit talent. So like, Literally, the deadline for the NACA Nationals, right. which is in Columbus, Ohio, this uh, in February, um, that deadline is like this week. So, I submitted, I don't know, like, not everybody submitted um, on our roster. I think maybe 17 or 18, 19 or so okay. did. Um, you can't do it two years in a row, first off, okay. at any conference, because um, they want fresh faces. They right. know, they'll get tired of seeing the same comic every time, right? So... Um, so you submit the comics, pay a fee, um, a, a, a submission fee. I think it was one hundred twenty-five dollars for that one. Uh, it's the national conference. It's pretty big. There's like four hundred schools there, so okay. um, which is great. I mean, if you you can like you can change your life. You can talk to. Um, there's a great um, not a podcast, but um, uh, a blog. Great blog by Christella Alonso. If you go uh, Google that and look her up, uh, a NACA. Google blog for her um, she did NACA Nationals it was actually in Charlotte I want to say it was like six years ago it changed her life mm. I mean she like she goes in detail how she, she had a bar of money to go like she was like almost pen, 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 penniless and and it changed her life she walked away with over a hundred dates wow booked on spot on the spot wow and um, and 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 that springboarded her into like and then she got her own TV show Christella on the like, ABC and and then now she's the voice of the uh, cars three the new character on that i mean so it changed her life she says that conference you know changed it that was the turning point yeah thing. i mean um roywood jr did that same conference for me one year um the nationals and he walked away with 102 forms like on on the spot wow. like like again it's, it's like you can make a shit ton of money really quick um, so you submit your talent you're only the cap on the regionals they cap it out like uh, um, you can only have three per agency so it's not you know somebody getting a line share um, we do have two companies there are loopholes so mm-hmm. there's two summit comedies there's a summit comedy Inc and a summit comedy productions to greater our chances to get more showcases and it does work um, we had five showcases last week we have five this week um, so um, we have 25 this fall so you're saying at
0: the naca conference so, you have we, those. so okay. yeah
1: well like so we had kevin bozeman last night we got uh jesus trejo t- today i think we have another one tonight um a couple
0: tomorrow so so they spread them out like that and um so and yeah. these guys are doing 10 minutes correct and and you know when you're talking about like you know if you say if you drop an f-bomb you know half the balloons pop like also and other doesn't that reflect too. on you um. Yeah. It, it, I mean, how course. worried about that? Are you when someone's well? They don't do it
1: they're, again. They're because they're trained by you. Yeah. They're trained. Yeah. They. They're not gonna do that.
0: Right. So, so um, if somebody, if Kevin Bozeman, because we're using his name. Uh, when he's performing, do they know that he's represented by Summit Comedy? Correct. So, yeah. like, Summit Comedy's Kevin Bozeman. The he MC brings them,
1: we write out an intro card. The MC brings them out, says Summit Comedy in Booth 103 or whatever. Okay. And then they come afterwards. It's it's everywhere. It's in the program, it's on an app. Right. They know where to go. So, right. So, um,.
0: Yeah, so um, it's extremely important how they perform, and that's, and that's yeah, a, so that's why they have to. That's why you're there. You're
1: yeah. yeah, you're there to make us money. I mean, and yourself money.
0: So, so there, there. So okay, so they have to pay to 125 to submit. That's the out of the comics pocket. Yeah, if they get
1: selected, they will be they pay a showcase fee um, at nationals. I think it's a thousand dollars. And um, but worth every penny. I mean, you're going to get at least one booking for sure. And I mean, so, but that's the national regionals are smaller. The regionals are $95 to submit. And I think this year was $315 to showcase. So all in you're, you know, you're about $400 in fees and then you have to get yourself there and showcase. So,
0: and accommodations and everything else. Yeah, And yeah, Summit yeah. Comedy doesn't we, cover any of that.
1: No, Not of those fees, but no. Yeah, they, that's all on that. But then obviously we have our agency fees. Right. I mean, um, yearly memberships are quite expensive. The uh, um, the two booths, um, the space, we have to pay a delegate fee. And stuff. Um, basically, for, it breaks down about $2500 for every conference to go down. For me to for go For you? Yeah. That's so, not bad.
0: I mean, I do yoga conferences and they cost me five grand. Yeah but I have yeah, to ship a lot of stuff yeah, pricey, there, you know, yeah. it's like,
1: well, we have a, you know, we've been doing this long enough. we got a pop up booth and you know, it, pop it up in two seconds. And, yeah. And, um, it's pretty impressive. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and uh, I don't go to as many anymore because first off it's just not cost effective for right. me and Melissa to go. Right. Because you know, right now, that's $5,000 every time mm. to go and not just the $2,500 cause you know, Still the same fees, still gotta fly in the hotels. I mean, we're not sharing rooms right. and obviously. So, um, so yeah, so I've been just kind of slowly it's and it's kinda weird because it's it's my baby, you know, it's like this is my company and it's just my I mean, for the longest time, for ten years, it was just myself. And then uh um and then I started, you know, you know, the extension, the arm, it just I outgrew it by myself. I couldn't do it. So oh, that's perfect. Um, so it's nice to have Melissa running that part of the, the business for me. And uh, um, I went last weekend to NACA South just because it was in Atlanta. I, could, I drove down and, um, and I was really basically doing that to do her a solid because Saturday she'd asked me um she'd asked me a couple months before it's like uh justin timberlake is performing in town (laughs) and me and my girlfriends want to go see him and i said absolutely you should leave the conference early and go home to be with your friends and jt and i will go run the show on on the saturday which i did so that's nice of you it is nice you're also a team player but uh yeah team player and yeah it's it's kind of it's still my business so i got to you know yeah i got to got to run Man, the show show must go on right i
0: know that so well i've had people work for me who are amazing amazing yeah. i've had the best luck not every time but overall i've had great people work for me but you know on the when the phone rings on the weekend they don't feel like answering it or they just don't respond to an email where someone has kind of an urgent question or you know like it amazes me where they just they just don't quite get that piece you know they're like sure it's just you know because it's not there we company. can't teach that either yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and they'll never own their own company they'll always work for someone sure and that's fine because yep. we need people to work for us right but uh you know i can't work for people because i think this i think that way but i also i can't take that much direction like you know i can i can always all i see is how this person's wasting time and money and i want to help them yeah and they're like i didn't hire you for that right well (laughs) you should (laughs) we should have a different meeting so um so when and we're and last question just on a technicality so when so you represent these comedians they get paid a thousand bucks what is summit comedy? Can you tell me what your yeah twenty percent
1: is? is pretty standard in the in the market. Okay, some um, might do ten. Uh, I've seen and heard uh, some do thirty. Yeah. It's just uh, twenty is pretty much twenty universal. is a good number. That's twenty a, is it's, yeah. it's it's worth our time and effort um, right. to to make all the calls and the you know the promotions and such. I mean. You know, I just sent out a mailer to, to every school in the country just this week. And, you know, it's just costly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend money to make money, right? So, do you uh, have to
0: buy those lists and stuff? Or um, or does that come a, with a NACA just conference?
1: Accumu- I've just accumulated over the years and oh, okay. such. And uh, we've got a database that, you know, we keep updated and such. And they do give you the, for each regional conference that you go to, they send you a delegate list of all the people that are there. So you have all the contact information right there at your hands. So that's part of your that you paid for so, right and do so.
0: comedians ever reach out to colleges themselves oh yeah there
1: are a lot of comics that um, that self rep themselves um, some that are good some that are bad so um, I'd have to say a lot of the ones uh, that rep themselves I always question why are you doing this yourself like if you, you had an agent and it just didn't work out are you right. too high maintenance or whatever um, there's some. There's one comic in the college market. I'm not going to mention his name, but like he does really well for himself. He's a great marketer, but he, um, nobody, f- I, nobody in the real comedy circles thinks he's funny. Right. Um, but somehow he's hoodwinked um, a lot of schools into thinking that he's funny, and it's very hacky. And like some of the jokes, I I know that just very sounds very lifted and I'm wow. like okay so but again every no agent will touch them because they just know like right the, why would you associate yourself with that so um but then just last night I was talking with a comedian Jay Bliss who is an amazing human I mean just a great comic and he doesn't do NACA um, but he does APCA and APCA is like NACA but different um um NACA is a bigger organization it's uh it's a um, not-for-profit um, company. Um, APCA is run by one dude named uh, Eric Lambert, and he is a for-profit business. I mean, it's very costly to showcase there, but there's no po- there's no politics involved. So you don't submit. You don't... Like NACA, it, it, you submit your talent, and, and you kind of cross your fingers and hope right. you get selected to showcase. Um, and some of the funniest comics on our roster just don't get selected for whatever reason. It just happens. I mean... To be a fly on the wall of what they're looking for in that room when 12 people are watching your tape, Um, yeah, that's the million-dollar question right there. But uh, at APCA, you just pay your money, and they let you on stage. But that backfires because... There's a lot of shit comics out there. Yeah, of course. Like on an open mic, that might have money and say, "All right, I'll pay the three thousand dollars to show up at your conference because you have to buy a booth with every showcase." So it's, I don't know, say it's fifteen hundred dollars for a booth, fifteen hundred dollars for a showcase fee, and then you just you just lay a turd on stage, and then you have to come in behind that or something and go, "Oh my gosh!" So, so I was a member for some years, and I I I pulled myself out of that. I just didn't want to be associated. Uh, it kind of felt a little, you know, and and no disrespect to Mr. Lambert, but like it just kind of felt like a used car lot of entertainment, right. and um, and I just feel that you know, Summit's b- bigger than that. I mean, you know. Summit is you know original my original logo logo was a mountain range. My wife and I both went to Appalachian State, and that's how we came up with it. We were driving out to Boone and um, saw the mountains, and she's like, "What about Summit Entertainment?" So I feel like I'm at the peak of the mountain right now, and you know I'm I'm there, and like now it's just staying there and you know keeping up with the change and the trends, and keeping our talent fresh and new and. Um, you know, always looking for that next LeClerc Andre or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think I've got it uh, down pretty good. I've got a good eye for talent and, and, um, you know, it's something I can put on a resume, but it's not my, I'm never going to create a resume again. So (laughs) it's, you're going to ride this out for the rest of your working years. uh, I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, what else? I mean, I've kind of backed myself into a corner, but it's a pretty damn good corner. I mean, selling jokes for a living. I mean. I remember Seinfeld saying once, like, like, uh, see this house? Jokes, jokes <laughs> built this house, and that's exactly true for me. And it's just, it's just, uh, it's the the. Also, heard somebody else say this too. Like, it's the biggest scam I've run across. I mean, it it feels like a scam right. because we're selling jokes, and it's just, it's a fun gig. It's a really, I mean, what what we do is is just really blessed to be in this uh, business as long as I have, because it's a tough business and to get to where I am and be successful and, and you know, make a living doing it. And it's a,
0: it's a nice place to be. And you're a nice guy too. Like that's something I, you know, got from you immediately. Like you don't have a bunch of attitude. You don't, you could, you know, you easily could, but you just don't, or at least I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Well again, I guess good parenting, you know I mean? Um,
1: they raised me right, I guess, and that was a u- unique scenario with me growing up. I was an Navy brat, so I constantly had to meet new people all mm. the time. Hey, we're moving again. Okay, okay. It became the norm, right? So yeah. you just, all right, all right. We're in Georgia. All right, we're we're in uh, Mississippi. Okay, we're in Catholic, Iceland now. Okay, perfect. Wow. Oh, we're in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Okay, that's just what we did. I mean, right. I mean, and literally, like, then we moved to Florida, and then my. My father uh, did twenty-one or twenty-two years in the Navy, and, and then um, we landed here. And I was and all, all that moving was done until I was in eighth grade. So, uh, wow. so yeah, I was constantly on the move. So I guess I, I'm a people person, is what I'm saying. I guess I, you had to be into to um, you know being constantly shuffled about the world. So,
0: well, it could have gone either way. Yeah, well, that's my some, sister. Some, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, I didn't want to be rude or yeah. anything, but I mean, yeah. I was gonna ask, like, how your sister deal with it? Yeah,
1: we just, uh, just not a close aspect of, of my life. And oh, I'm sorry. I'll leave it at
0: that. But like, yeah, we just we don't chat very often. So okay. So, well, it is um, what, it is. what it, did you never want to be a comedian? Was that never of interest to you? Well, you never, said you weren't even. You didn't even never, really care about comedy until it never did.
1: Yeah, it never did. Like I said, when I, I when I started. I had never been to a comedy club for Christ's right. sake, and luckily, I mean, I. A lot of people talked a lot of shit about my former employer. I mean, he was he was an interesting fella, and he's I don't he's no longer in the comedy business. Um, he still lives in Charlotte, I believe. But uh, um, I will always say this: I learned a lot about um, the comedy business from him, what to do and what not to do. Right. So I mean, I I mean. He taught me all the how to, you know, just to run the A's, B's, and C's of the comedy world. But then I realized quickly, like, all right, everybody just talks behind his back and such, and like, because he was, you know, he rubbed some people the wrong way and such, and maybe didn't, maybe wasn't the nicest guy and such. So, I um, I did, I never wanted that, and I just, well, that's just my person, that's just the way I am. So I, I never wanted that, and I just realized in this business for sure, your reputation is everything. So. Um, yeah. And I, I, again, I felt like I've kept it, kept that pretty good and, but I haven't had to try. So I guess, so it's just, I'm just being me. Just, we're all just getting through this,
0: this world just in the
1: way we can, I guess. So
0: Well, I can tell you that as somebody who performs comedy and writes comedy, <laughs> uh, and produces shows also at some point you got to choose and it's, it's in your, it's to your credit and probably in your best interest that you never wanted to be a comedian because when I produce shows, I want to have the best comedians possible on my show, mm-hmm. but the comedian part of me doesn't like being overshadowed by them. Oh yeah, And you I don't, gotta, I mean, so, you gotta
1: put that aside, right? No, or, and I do. I, yeah. I do
0: because I care about the show and, and you know, like, I mean, I have this, I don't know how familiar you are with, uh, my show talk about funny, but it's a combination showcase and talk show that I host. And it's a really cool, interesting format. The comedians love it and the audiences love it. And so that's a great combo. Uh, If I could just pack the house, the club would also love it. Yeah. But that's, you know, I mean, how do you build that? You tell the comedians to promote, which they don't. And so, you know, my job on the show is to make the comedians look good, you know. And so it's not that I make them look good by being bad. I try to be as good as I can. Sure. But I really let go of that in the context of the show like I want them to shine I want each one of them to crush it on stage because it's good for the show it's good for the history of the show and it's good for the comedians on the show like everyone should be great right and you know sometimes one person will just outshine everybody else and sometimes one person will just really seem like they don't belong up there with the other caliber like everybody's sort of on a level and this person isn't there yeah Uh, Well, that's a learning
1: lesson for for that person then yeah
0: Well, and that was brought me to thinking how great it is that you do the show at 26 acres, because you get to bring in some of the people you love that you don't get to see that much. But you also have you have a venue for people like me, or, you know, who, you know, you want to see you want to see what they're made of and see them in person. It's not the same to watch a tape. Sure. And But, you know, you're not going to send me to a college just to find out how I do. Right. You know, so it's a chance for you to to kind of audition people.
1: Yeah. Five minutes set, I can get a, you know, good feel for you or whatever. And and without being all in, I guess, per se. Right. But knowing I've got a slam dunk show back behind you. Like, so so we've only had one comic eat it up there. Uh And... um, and people still refer back to that. And I'm like, do you not remember the other 22 shows we book with, like walking out saying that was better than the last one, better than the last one? Yeah. And I keep trying to outdo myself. I mean, what? Well, so, but yeah, so it so it happens. I mean, I mean, not everybody's gonna have the best set at, at any given time, and so, but um, but yeah, I gave a, a guy a shot and and it didn't and regretted didn't. it <laughs> I did and um, still gave him a t-shirt and let him go and <laughs> you get a t-shirt when you come that's oh, cool. part of the deal that's like,
0: I give away a t-shirt too yeah. for my show yeah you, I have
1: your shirt already. yeah that's right that's yeah. right
0: you have, does it fit because you uh, want you ask, you deliberately ask for a smaller size yeah it does and it, it shrinks does okay. yeah, oh, it does? Yeah, okay. it's tight though so I, I, I might have
1: gone up I should have gone up
0: I can thing. I will. I can do more sit ups I will like. no no I will send you <laughs> one size large Whatever. did you get a medium I did get a I'll get you a large yeah I'll send you a large no problem and we have a different design now so you'll yeah you can have them both
1: so yeah I always uh again that's part of the show I feel I always have you know snacks in the in the green room and I give you a a, with your check you get a you get a summit comedy t-shirt it's just a little parting gift I think it's great yeah yeah
0: well I can't wait and uh thank you for taking time to do this of course thanks for having me on your thanks in advance for having me on your show and uh let's just keep in touch man let's you know yeah of course um I really I'm pretty accessible yeah. No, you're great. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're. Uh, I'm
1: either working or on the golf course typically.
0: So, well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I got really into golf when my daughter was inside her mother. Oh. <laughs> uh, Cause, because, uh, my like, ex- I need time away. My now ex, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. My now ex's, uh, stepfather was a golf pro. And so I was like, and, and my, and this guy who I used to write, um, movies with, well, I mean, that's not accurate. He was a writing professor, and I was writing movies, and he would meet with me and help me and coach me along a little bit. And he played golf, and I just wanted to spend more time with him, so I started playing golf so I could hang out with him. He was eighty year old, like Nazi survivor, mm. incredible story. This guy, and not, not he's a Nazi who survived; he survived the Nazis. Yeah, I, I gathered yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, it was one of my Nazi <laughs> sympathizer friends, and. Um, you know, as a Jew, I like to have some Nazi friends just to show that I'm open-minded
1: passing around his memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I loved seeing the plates and the hats and stuff. And, uh, so I played, started playing golf with him and then I got super into it. I had like a golf coach and, you know, I mean, I never got great. And then I went out one day on my own and I I have a, I have back problems and I didn't stretch enough and I hadn't played in a year and I was playing terribly and I hit the ground several times by accident and then a few times on purpose and i i just like wrecked my back that day and i haven't been able to play again hmm. like it's i want to be able to do it and there was one day i went to play and i went to the chiropractor before and after i played and my chiropractor's like you're insane yeah you know i said i really want to play he's like that's nuts <laughs> you know like he yeah. said you're pathological but i
1: i uh, joke that um like i uh, don't do drugs but um golf is my drug so oh, dude. like, like that's comedy is my drug better. Yeah, well, that's music's more my drug than comedy. because yeah. now, like, well, I'm weird. so into the comedy world, I I don't go to a lot of shows. I mean,
0: well, you don't perform. Yeah, performing.
1: Yeah, producing I get it. is not my drug. My, my son just asked my, me about yeah. that too. Just yesterday, we we're talking about that, and uh, and he said, he said, he said, uh, what did he say? He said, you you said you don't like to laugh. And I go, no, no, that's not that's not at all. I love to laugh. But unfortunately, I just don't laugh as much anymore yeah because you know you see the scene premises and, and you, know, you know hey, that's similar to this you start judging like hey, that's similar to Brian Regan's bit and right. you, it's just so I love a really good laugh. Like last night I had a couple of really good laughs and I was like, ah oh, this is cool. So uh, I mean that's what I like. I'm always searching for that I guess so that I get that's a part of the comedy drug, I guess, but uh, um but yeah, you, they always say, you know, uh, an agent, a comedy agent's um, laughing when he go, you look at him and he goes, yeah, that's, that was funny.
0: Right. I mean, that was it. You yeah. Know? So like, hey, it's funny. A yeah. friend of mine wrote a review of my comedy um, and it's on my website. You can read it. But he said something like, you know, at the Friars Club, when somebody said something funny, everybody would heard everything. Nobody laughed. But they would say, if something was truly funny, then one of the other comedians would say, now that was funny. Yeah, and he said, after watching your comedian, I think the day will come when somebody sitting next to you will say, "Well, now that was funny." <laughs> it was like it was such a, yeah. a uh, it was such a perfect left-handed compliment, right. you know. Um, yeah, but,
1: that's, that's, we're always judging as far as an agent. That's the, the hard part. You're always yeah. it's hard to let your guard down. You're always judging. I saw uh, one of those memories that pops up on like uh, Facebook, like you know, nine years ago. Something popped up recently. And I saw a picture of myself that somebody had posted. I was I was judging something, and I and I believe I was in like Arkansas or whatever. I mean, I've done a lot of like judging and you know festivals and such. And 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 the picture was just priceless, and everybody around me was just laughing. The big like open mouth laugh and then I was literally cross arm, just hunched back and just straight face like not even just not smiling like right. yep that's that's a true comedy agent right yeah, there yeah that guy knows what yeah. funny is the <laughs> other people that were on a panel I think it was like uh like um uh, local DJs and such right? and so they're laughing and I'm just like mmm <laughs> yeah. yeah and I'm sure he was funny he or she uh, on stage I'm sure they were very funny but that's just Unfortunately the the game face, I guess.
0: I mean, it's like I I watch, I think I think it's like a synapse that burns out. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I'll I will go and there will be people who will truly make me laugh. still. I saw Orney Adams when he was here mm-hmm. and he blew me away. Um I just I loved it. And especially cuz I was wondering what he would be like. Did you ever see the movie the comedian with Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, Orney plays a pretty unsympathetic character in that movie. And now it's 20 years or 15 years later or something like that. And I was just like, well, I wonder what he, what became of him. I drove all the way down here just to see, Yeah, you know, like, what was he like? And he is tremendous.
1: Yeah. Somebody was, I just posted, uh, um, on something the other day on that Charlotte comedy news group. And I said, uh,
0: um, who's your favorite high energy comic? And, um, somebody had mentioned him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's really, he's like. He breaks all the conventions. He walks away from the mic and just, you know, yells from over here and, you know, and then just comes back in. And it's like, I mean, and for a while, like he'll sit on a chair and just talk to the back of the room. Like it's, you don't. Yeah. It's actually brilliant. Cause he probably, uh, it's, uh, it's you
1: probably get more. Maybe he does that uh, if the crowd's not paying attention. So that's kind of a gets them to lean in, a yeah. little glitch in the in the system to like, hey, it's kind of like uh, when a commercial is on and then it goes to complete silence. It gets your attention. Right. So maybe it's something to that.
0: It might be. I think it's it. I mean, he's so smart at comedy. He's really like, I mean, talk about a guy who lives and breathes yeah. comedy. And even Joel, when I mentioned how much I liked it, he, you know, he's like. Orney Adams is a real comedian. That was his response. And if Joel's saying that about you, that's a pretty high praise, you know. Yeah, thanks. And I think so it could be what you're saying for sure. It could be deliberate. I think it's partly just his energy. Like he's just got so much going on, and I think he he just Um, you know, there are moments that he and I cause I watched him do two sets in a row, and I don't think it was always the same time that he let go of the mic it was just there were some that were the same there's some that are clearly like he walks around the room banging the wall and whatever he does but um i don't know he just he's really yeah i saw him uh, on the list you know i keep up with everything
1: that's going on around um in the comedy world and obviously in my hometown but again it's like it's like a i guess an accountant doing accounting on his day off it's it's hard for me to you know break away leave the family and and go
0: See comedy. So I used to build cabinets and furniture when I lived in L.A. That was my job. I had my own shop built really high end stuff for, you know, people in the film industry and whatever. And um, and that was when this old house came out and people are like, oh, you must love this old house. I'm like, what do you do for a living? Yeah. You're going to go home and watch a TV show about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. thank you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had no interest at all. So I totally get it. Uh, um, I'm hoping to go see Theo Vaughn when I'm down here either tonight if I get done early enough, which I don't think I will, or tomorrow. Yeah, I met him at a NACA
1: conference in Minnesota, I believe. And we were having drinks afterwards. And at the time, he was just starting stand-up. I mean, because he was a reality person. I don't know if you knew that. No. He started off uh, on MTV. Um, They had MTV Road Rules,
0: uh, I remember the show, yeah. So I didn't know he, he was on that.
1: Was on that. Um, I think that's the one he was on. It was something similar. I know it wasn't real world, but it was the ro- road rules, I believe. So he was just a character on there that he got picked up for that. And then he he was just doing the college market as a, just a personality being booked in and like to come just, Oh, just the, out, the guy from eat, road rules. Right. And uh. maybe lecture or something. And Melissa, my current agent used to be his agent at another company. Cause uh. Melissa worked for this company for 10 years before coming over to summit. And, uh, so yeah, she could probably tell you more about what exactly they booked him for. Um, but I remember at this conference, uh, talking to him afterwards. He's like, man, I want to be a comedian. And, um, it's like, all right, man. Well, write some jokes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. If you listen, listening, Theo, uh, you done it, man. You did it. Yeah. Netflix special and everything. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, he's
0: good. So, um, I've seen him at the comedy store too. Um, I go out to L. A. still once once or twice a year, and I just go camp out at the comedy store every night. That's what I I was just there in August at the
1: Burbank Comedy Festival, and um, to be honest, there was a lot of just like green comics there, and just it wasn't my scene. I just, Mm. I, again, I like funny comedy and, but just to sift through just a lot of not funny. I was, no, it's, it's hard, man. And I was, I watched like two full like, like shows from like, you know, eight to 10 and then 10 to midnight. And I was like, oh, and I, so I was like, you know, I have to bail for my soul. Right. I have to bail. And I did. And I, I did a college panel on the Friday afternoon, um, which is my, purpose for being there they they i had a job so i i did that but then after that i kind of clocked out of the festival and went In saturday night i camped out at the store and uh my client francisco ramos was there mm-hmm. um um doing some time so i saw him got to hang out with him and then he had to actually take a red eye out for college he was doing for uh, me the next day you, yeah. and uh, he's and i i don't he's like well i was like where are you where are you going He's like, well, I gotta go do this gig for you I don't remember where everyone of course is. Yeah, yeah like we, I got 30 we, comics yeah working. we got hundreds of shows yeah. right so like oh it's right. so like oh well travel safe and so he left and I, I stayed for the late show and uh, and I just, just some great comics and you know just like oh yeah this is what you know oh that's crazy. it's crazy I mean it was uh it was cool so uh and then the next night I uh, checked out that new venue um uh Dynasty Typewriter you've heard of that place oh no so I had, you know, again, I keep my ear pretty low to the ground in the comedy scene. And I like, had heard about this place that does pop-up shows, um, um, comedy shows, and they do some music as well. And uh, yeah, and at the time, I actually met the uh, the booker for uh, Colbert. Um, she put the show together and, mm. and um, it was just, uh, just a bunch of comics like uh, Demetri Martin was on there and... And just, and I had to leave because I had a red eye the next day. Um, and, uh, Norm Macdonald was, showed up. Oh, and, wow. Like, I love just, him. i oh, just, you know, and that's, what's great about LA and New York that just, they're there. you never know. The yeah. People just are there. Pop in and you're like, and you, and you still get a little starstruck, you know, even uh, doing this as long as I have, it's kind of cool to, to, you know, see those names come in and you like, oh. so.
0: I remember I was working on a, a documentary project about Bobby Slayton. Hmm. And we interviewed a bunch of his comedian friends, including Dana Carvey. And that was the first time I ever got starstruck. Like I just, I was running camera. Thank God I wasn't interviewing him because I literally was like, you know, I was just this gonzo because he, I just, I literally saw the sparkle coming out of his eyes. Like I was like, oh, this is what a star is. He had real star power. Right. And that's, that's really a thing. Like, of course. Yeah. It's just a magnetism and... And just some people have it and some, you know, we interviewed another guy who I won't say same night, you know, he's a comedian. He works plenty. Yeah. He did not have that quality. Yeah. You know, I was, well, didn't care about him one bit.
1: Yeah. I don't, I mean, so I got that the re- most recent time I got that was in Montreal because Montreal is the Mecca of comedy world and uh, the, the comedy festival up there. Have you ever been to that yet? No, I haven't. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Even if you're not performing there, it's so worth it. I'd love to go. It's the coolest thing ever, just to go hang out there and everybody. You just, I mean, there's Harry Mandel, there's um, Tiffany Haddish, there's Kevin Hart just walking by you and whatever. And um, I was sitting at the bar, and because every night there's a party that's hosted and it's all free drinks, like every night. Like Comedy Central put uh, had one, uh, Funny or Die had one, uh, Netflix. So it was great. So you just go there and just just party and it's fun and hanging out with comics and agents and managers and uh, film producers, and anybody that's related to the comedy world. There was like a thousand people in this private party in this bar. And I'm just sitting there and from me a little bit further away from you, but like, I was like, holy shit. Is that who I think that is? And he goes, yeah, Dave Chappelle I was just wow, sitting there. Right I was there. like, Oh my gosh. So I got a little, just, maybe because it just caught me off guard. Like I wasn't, you know, cause you, you're seeing all these faces and a lot of them that you've worked with and booked and such. And then you're like, you're like, all right, cool. And then you're like, Oh my God. You, but it just took me by surprise. Cause it yeah. just took you to the next level. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, he's, so, he's the king right now. Yeah, you know? So he's, it was cool. Just in of course, just people all around him mobbing and, uh, but, um, trying to
0: just touch him. Yeah. Know? So I know, uh, he's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Talk about a guy who, you know, when he's on stage, Doing his special that he's worked really hard to hone. He just seems like he walked out and just decided to tell you a story for an hour and then leave. Right. Like he is so chill, and it just seems so unplanned, except for yeah. the couple of callbacks. And, and that's the things new that, because, like, it he obviously had a lot more energy in the
1: past, and he's just uh, adapted to this new style. I think because mm-hmm. it, it's complete. You go back and watch one of his first yeah right sets. Uh, where yeah, it's completely it's, different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, he was uh, twenty right yeah you get old you get old Yeah. we get older they stayed the same (laughs) so uh yeah it's uh it's um that's crazy i've I've booked him i've only booked him once at a college um it was tulane university back in the day and um it was him and jim brewer together they did Mm -hmm. a half-baked comedy show so so yeah
0: yeah i think he's all the way baked now yeah (laughs) right he's done Awesome, man. Cool. Well, this has been fantastic, Chuck. Thank well, you. Of course. And, um, welcome. you know, uh, I'd say let's do it again, but I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, you're welcome anytime <laughs> yeah. if you have something you want to talk about. But God, I feel some like... big breaking news. Maybe at my 40th anniversary. Yeah. May we still be doing this in right. 20 years. Yeah. Um, hopefully by then, you know, I will... Uh, hopefully by then I want to have time to do <laughs> yeah. a podcast. Actually, I would like to do this podcast forever. I, I love it. It's... These kinds of conversations that are just, you know, they're just, they get real. You know, you just, you, you find out stuff, you get into who the people are, you you know each other by the end of it. Right. Yeah. To me, that's what's missing in the world right now. Sure. Except in the podcast world, it's the only thing that's, you know that's there
1: um well i wish you luck with your success uh moving forward in your comedy career and your writing career that's right thank you <laughs>
0: whichever one takes off
1: first in <laughs> your podcast and uh, everything man so yeah thanks for uh thanks for having me and
0: uh, good luck to you all right thanks all right. and we're out that is the end of my interview with chuck johnson i hope you liked it i found him fascinating I really uh, I learned a lot from him and I appreciated his attitude and his generosity more than anything was the thing that was reaffirmed for me throughout this interview, that he's just a guy who likes to do things right and likes to do right by people and that's certainly how I try to be. And he's someone who's succeeded at being that way and I think that's his perception. Anytime I talk to anybody about him, they all love the guy. I haven't met anybody who doesn't really like him. and. A lot of times people don't like their agents. They put up with them, they're nice to them, but it seems to me that his comics really like him. Uh, He really seems to go the extra mile for people, and he certainly has for me. He's been great. I mean, even still, like, we're still in touch on Facebook. Like, if I have a question, like, I told you I just uh, got this college that might want to hire me, and that's something he can easily feel resistance around or competition around or why didn't you go through me or whatever, you know. There was none of that. He was just, he gave me the advice. He told me, you know what to charge what to expect in terms of payment and, and terms and and what to worry about what not to worry about and he was just really generous of spirit like he's not threatened by anything or anyone he's got his niche he's really good at what he does and he takes great care of people so people want to work with him like his clients trust him both on the college side and on the comic side and as he tells his story like you really get a sense of how organically he grew into doing what he does for the people for whom he does it. All right, that was too many prepositions. But anyway, so I thought it was great and I hope you made it all the way through because I want you to still be listening because I want to remind you that if you enjoy these interviews, you have the opportunity to support this show. You can go on to uh well, <laughs> there's different ways to do it. You can go on to learningtofail.com and click our donate button and just give us money. You can also go into three-minuteegg.com and buy some of my yoga products, and that helps too. And that way, you feel like you're getting something for your money. And pretty soon, you're going to be able to donate and find me at uh, Midlife Comic or something. I'm trying to figure that out. But uh, while I'm during, while I'm dealing with this downtime during the coronavirus, I'm starting. I'm obviously editing a lot of podcasts, but I'm also starting to edit all these talk about funny shows that I created over the years. And I want to use that as an opportunity to raise money not only for me and Marquee Comedy, but for all the comics who were on those shows. Because even though I made them sign releases that they weren't going to get money, I still want to give them money. So the releases, when I have somebody sign a release, it's just so they can't come after me. But the fact is that if I can make money off the work that they're doing, I'm absolutely going to share it. Are you kidding me? Like, I want everyone to succeed and do well. And that's the way you have to be, and that's the way I try to be. And people who work with me know that about me, and it's really great. So, uh, okay, I think that's it. Donate, like, listen, subscribe, tell everybody. Please, please share the podcast. Like, please, if you listen to them, please share it on Facebook and tweet about it, Instagram, whatever your social media poison is. If you could do me a favor, a personal favor, and just share the podcast with your community, I would really appreciate it. All we want is for people to listen to it, because so much energy and effort goes into doing all these interviews, not only mine, but the people who are nice enough to take their time out to sit with me and be interviewed. So if you would, please uh, like, subscribe, and share. And if you love it, and if you got some money and you're, you're not unemployed because of the coronavirus and you're not recovering because of the stock market, um, donate, send us some money, we appreciate it. But most importantly, and I mean this, Just keep listening to the podcast, keep enjoying it, and uh, please tell your friends and write a review and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Oh, I almost forgot. None of this would sound as great as it does if it wasn't for my good friend and producer, Mr. Bruce Sales. Bruce is amazing, and he's created music for me over the years, and he's done all this work for me. And he wouldn't want me to say this, but he's done this work for me below his rate because he believes in me as an artist. And now with this podcast, I finally have the opportunity to provide him with some regular work, which means some regular income. And I know he appreciates it, and I know I'm happy to do it, and I know that we're finally slowly evening the scales because, you know, he's, he's getting paid what he should to do this work. The guy is very, very good and professional, which you can tell by how good these things sound. Trust me, they don't sound that good when they're raw. They only sound as good as they do when somebody as good as Bruce and my last producer was great too, but when somebody as good as Bruce gets his hands on it, puts it through his machine and all the filters and all the just sensibility that he has, he's the greatest audio engineer you could ask for. So if you need anything done, uh, message me and I can put you in touch with Bruce. I'm sure he'd appreciate doing more work for people like you. All right. Thanks, everybody. And I hope you tune in next week. Bye.